Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Sky Simplified podcast, exploring astronomy through a different perspective, one episode at a time. My name is Burnett Sharma, and I am a high school junior, as well as an absolute lover of everything astronomy. With me today, I have Saroja Arabelli, a cryptography engineer and an MIT graduate. And today's episode is all about exploring astronomy through the perspective of a cryptography engineer. If this is your first time here, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please rate us. The best thing that you can do for this podcast is to share it around, so please let your family, friends, plumber, neighbors, grocer, postman, teacher, professor, anyone who you talk to know about this podcast. Now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, it's time to begin. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Okay, let's get started on today's topic, exploring astronomy through the eyes of a cryptography engineer. So, Rojo, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you on. Let's take a minute and please share with the listeners your background into cryptography. Uh, Hi, I'm really excited to be here. Um, So, I just finished my master's degree in cryptography, and I've done a few internships at various places, including the NSA and Uh, a small company that works on uh, cryptography solutions that's also done some contracting with the NSA. That's really cool. And um, do you want to share a little bit about your maybe um, education path, like kind of how you got onto this track to becoming a cryptography engineer? Uh, Yeah, so I've always been really into puzzles and math growing up. So that's kind of where it all started. Um, I did a lot of math competitions in elementary school, middle school, and my favorite subject in math competitions was always number theory. And like the main application of number theory was cryptography. So that's why, that's what grew my interest in it. Um, And I just, I've just always been interested in forever. Like I used to make codes with my friends and try to crack them and stuff like that. And then since I knew, once I found out number theory could be applied to it, I I just took it from there, and I've been interested in it and did it in college, too. Nice. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I think it's really good that, you know, your friends were as interested in cryptography as you, that they were willing to have these codes shared between yourself. Like, that's really awesome. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to get your perspective onto astronomy. I mean, like, while it may seem like cryptography and astronomy are two distinct fields, I feel like there's actually a lot that they may have in common and a lot that they share. So I'm interested in kind of discussing this overlap, and I think it may be critical for the future. So to kind of discuss this, you know, in more detail, I've curated a series of questions about the potential overlaps of these fields and some more personal questions about your experience with astronomy. So let's begin. Um, So to start off, I'd just basically like to reiterate our theme of the podcast, which is understanding your perspective or cryptography's perspective on astronomy. So what does astronomy kind of look like from the eyes of a cryptography engineer? The first thing that pops into mind when I, you know, view it from the lens of cryptography is that, uh, I mean, the first thing I think about are communications that happen, and that's Mm -hmm. like communications to and from space through satellites. And, uh, you know, I feel like cryptography could really help in that area. Um, And the one thing I'm really curious about is how astronomy could help in new ideas for cryptography, especially 
taking ideas from like astrophysics, for example, um, just because there's a lot of been there's a lot of new research in the area of quantum cryptography recently. So that's kind of yeah. where, where how I'm viewing it from a cryptography perspective. Yeah. Like yeah, quantum think- cryptography would kind of be at the cutting edge of both fields. Not only is it like, you know, just the frontiers of astronomy mm-hmm. and astrophysics research, but also the frontiers of cryptography research. So yeah, it's really interesting. Um, so, you know, kids have always been curious about stars and like the moon and the sun and other celestial objects. So do you have any formative experiences when you were younger where you looked up and you were like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Or any space fact that you remember that just blew your mind? Um. So, yeah, actually, when I was growing up, I think this was around the time when uh, they said Pluto is no longer a planet. And yeah, so, yeah. that I mean, everyone was talking about that when I was in elementary school. And mm-hmm. I was kind of like, I don't, I don't really understand, like, what's a planet? Mm-hmm. What's a moon? What are all these things? So, I mean, I was interested in learning about all those. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of the earliest things I remember, I and mean, this is pretty simple, like, everyone learns it, is phases of the moon like I used to keep track of this journal and I would draw what I saw in the sky every day and like say whether it's a waxing crescent or half moon or whatever Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to see like if what they taught us in school was real like oh is this cycle (laughs) actually 30 days Mm -hmm. so I think that's like one of the earliest things I remember Mm -hmm. um I remember doing like some science olympiad events in middle school Mm -hmm. but I, I actually don't remember what I learned from there anymore yeah um no that's completely fine but as you mentioned i think that's what makes astronomy really fun in my mind at least is that you can just look at the sky and prove something that somebody has said as you mentioned even if it's as simple as just drawing the moon phases for a month it just works out that way (laughs) yeah um so i think we've addressed this briefly but just to go into more detail you know to what degree do you think astronomy and cryptography are interrelated and how do you think they can influence each other Mm mm-hmm um, I feel like for a long time, I don't think anyone thought they were related at all. Yeah. But yeah, like we were talking about with quantum cryptography, I think it started around like the 1970s when people started exploring this area. And like these days, actually, like, yeah, like you said, it's the cutting edge of both fields. Like there's people from the European Space Agency and from like astrophysics departments of uh, universities that are exploring ways to improve encryption between satellites and while also like combining techniques from astrophysics. So there's definitely like, there's a relationship like much to be explored. And I think we're just at the very beginning of that, but there's a lot. Yeah. So, you know, like um, potentially in the future, there may be (laughs) a lot more of this stuff happening and it may become more commonplace Mm -hmm. and people are like astronomy and cryptography just go hand in hand. Yeah, maybe. That would be exciting. So we've thrown around this term a lot, but for our listeners who may not be completely sure what it is, do you kind of want to go into more detail about what quantum cryptography really is? I mean, the whole idea behind quantum cryptography is that, um, so like quantum particles in the first place are like these particles of light. And what makes them really interesting is that when you measure these particles, um, this fundamentally changes something about it. So it's like once you measure something, like let's say a hacker is looking at a communication between a channel, we can tell that someone has measured it or someone has hacked into our channel. Right. So that's kind of what makes it like 
uh, interesting to cryptographers and what makes its properties interesting. Um, so for a long time, uh, I mean, yeah, so like we started studying this in like the 1970s and, you know, people discovered uh, that it could be used for key exchange that we could tell if someone has hacked into our channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but so people just developed ways that we could do this, but um, it was only able to be done like within a radius of around like 200 kilometers. Cause I think, I don't know enough about photons, but like something would happen beyond that point where they'd get absorbed and like, like they'd blow up or something. Yeah. That's not a very good detailed explanation, but the point is we were limited to this 200 kilometer radius. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think pretty recently, like within the last five years, there was this team from China who, in order to get like a larger radius of communication, would send photon, figure out a way to send photons from Earth to satellites in space mm-hmm. and then send it back down to like another place on Earth. Wow. So like that way they were able to increase the distance that they could communicate with these right. photons by yeah. a ton. I, like, yeah. I think that's super innovative. That is, I never yeah. thought of it that way, but that's really cool that, you know, you study the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, even if you take an honors chem class and you think, okay, whatever, mm-hmm. it's just position velocity. You're just looking at particles. But when you think about it, as you mentioned, it can be applied on a scale that you don't really consider. And I think that's really cool. Nice. Um, yeah. So kind of building off of that question, right? Mm-hmm. we've discussed that satellites need to be encrypted. But, you know, the question may mm-hmm. be why? Like, why do they need to be encrypted? What's the point of that encryption? So do you kind of want to go into, from a cryptography standpoint, what's the importance of encrypting any communication to a satellite or potentially a spacecraft? The importance of it started, like, with historically with the space race. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. America and Russia were competing with their innovations and i mean obviously didn't want like the u.s people didn't want russia to intercept our communications right right satellites so like that's kind of where a lot of cryptography got integrated with these satellite communications so that was a big reason um and i think um i mean there's there's a lot of potential i think that could happen with satellite communication like if it's ever used for just normal day-to-day communication on the earth mm-hmm. uh encrypting these communications would be super important then mm-hmm. um another example of why it could be important is maybe getting gps data something like that you yeah. don't want like sensitive location information for people right to yeah. be easily accessible um yeah i mean there's there's probably a lot of future innovations that could happen too where we wouldn't want uh, communication to be intercepted like i mean if we were found a place that was habitable, mm-hmm. then that would also become like day-to-day communications. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And uh, especially when you have the aspect of human life, especially in a spacecraft, right? Obviously, there are mm-hmm. a lot of redundancies in the system, but a good enough hacker could potentially, you know, turn off oxygen or redirect the course of the spacecraft, you know. And, oh, yeah. Be sure. to do mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, I think, um, as you mentioned, in the future, we're going to get a lot more kind of as technology develops as a whole, we'll get a lot more reasons as to why these communications need to be encrypted and why it's so essential. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. 
to carry on our conversation about the future, right? Um, asteroid mm-hmm. mining is basically the next big thing um, in monetary, like commercial astronomy, basically. Um, because the asteroid belt has a ton of resources, like the rare Earth elements that are obviously rare on Earth, you can get them in abundance in the asteroids. And, you know, people are predicting that it's going to give rise to the first trillionaires. That's how much raw material oh, is there, and that's how powerful it is. Um, so do you think that potentially cryptography is going to become even more important? How do you think, basically, you know, cryptography is pretty uh, common in transactions, like in banking. So how do you think the mm-hmm. intersection of banking, cryptography, and astronomy is going to work out in the future with asteroid mining potentially on the horizon? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, cryptography is super important in financial transactions for... I mean, yeah, there's, like, so much uh, incentive for hackers there yeah. with, uh, you know, yeah, money involved. Um, so, yeah, I mean, whatever money you can get from asteroid mining, like, every communication, like, even probably locations of where you can find mines like that, that'll be sensitive information. Right. Um, so, so like, which like just everything, are... yeah, from the beginning to end, I think yeah. will have to be secured. Yeah. for whoever wants to make money off of that. Yeah. Um, so would you say that kind of <clears throat> current methods that we have to encrypt communication, would you say they're enough for something as high of an importance as that? Because, you know, the stakes become almost literally astronomically higher when you're talking about trillions of dollars and asteroids and, mm-hmm. you know, the solar system, <laughs> outer space. So do you think that the current and like methods and techniques <laughs> that we have for encryption, would you say they're enough? Or do you think that we'll develop more powerful encryption techniques for, you know, obviously more powerful data? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's kind of an interesting question just because um, I guess like today they are enough, but at some point they won't be enough just yeah. because computing power will increase. <laughs> um, and one thing people are really concerned about in the field of cryptography is when a quantum computer is going to be built. Yeah. Because um, that would basically break all of cryptography today. And we would have to completely revamp all of our systems mm-hmm. that use any type of cryptography. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know when that's going to happen, but like it'll happen. People are working yeah. on it. Uh, Google recently, uh, I think, performed some quantum computation on one of their, uh, you know, preliminary computers. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't really call it a computer yet. It's, like, very yeah. uh, basic. basic. But, yeah, it's, it was a computation that can't be conform, uh, computed on normal computers. So, like, it'll definitely happen, and we do have to improve our cryptography before that happens. And, like, I also imagine uh, communicating in space will be different. Like, there's a lot of probably new things we can explore like, yeah, trying to communicate through photons, stuff like that, that might be even easier in space, maybe. Mm-hmm. We'll see, I guess. Um, I mean, there, there definitely is, like, a ton of research, though, that for algorithms that are secure mm-hmm. if a quantum computer was built. So I think we are definitely ready to try to start switching over to some of those algorithms. But, I mean, I don't know what's going to come after that. Like, maybe we'll need even more secure yeah. applications after that. So, I mean, right now, I guess, like, you could use today's cryptography to secure trillions of dollars mm-hmm. of stuff, and it would, it would be fine. I, I could tell you, yeah, it's secure. Mm-hmm. But 
um yeah there's no guarantee that it will be in the future and in fact like it's not going to be in the future yeah so it's what today's cryptography is um so for listeners who may not know what a quantum computer is you kind of want to give a brief overview of you know the technology and why it could potentially be detrimental for encryption of messages in the future especially with regards to astronomy yeah so a regular computer all the computations are based on bits which are either zero or one so a quantum computer would be like a similar model but instead of bits they have something called qubits so they're also similarly either zero or one, but the difference between qubits and bits is that qubits are like they have a certain probability of being zero and they have a certain probability of being one. And once you measure the qubit, it'll say either zero or one. But until you do that, it can it's basically like a superposition of zero and one. So and, what we were talking yeah. about earlier with when a hacker tries to hack into it, you're going to know. In the same way, when you actually try to measure like this qubit, you're going to fix on zero or one. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, so like using this model of computation with qubits, it kind of allows you to do more than you can with a regular bit. Um, and basically like people have come up with these uh, quantum algorithms where like the model of computation is based on these qubits. And it turns out that there is quantum algorithms which can break uh, the hard problems that cryptography is based on. So like in order to break a cryptography problem, uh, you basically just have to, like on a regular computer, you have to run some program for like millions of years or something it just takes so long to find that answer mm-hmm. um but if you were if you had a quantum computer you could run it for a much shorter time this algorithm the quantum algorithm is a lot faster to break this problem and like people have already discovered like these quantum algorithms we just don't have currently have the hardware right. that can so implement these algorithms um but we're slowly getting there so yeah. you know <laughs> so that's basically the biggest fear in the future And, you know, the potential um, issue with astronomy and cryptography is that cryptography, the current state of cryptography might become outdated if quantum computing becomes a reality just because of the power of quantum computers. And as a result, like, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, they're trying to find out what is a viable replacement in order to still encrypt something good enough that a quantum computer, even a quantum computer won't be able to break it. So, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. So it's almost like there's a race between, you know, getting technology that can break these codes and making codes that can't be broken by the technology. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really think anyone wants to make the computer before we yeah, have things exactly. that can encrypt. Like the people that are working on these kind of problems are like Google, the NSA. So they also have like a lot of stake involved yes. if these were built. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they want to secure their stuff first, I think. Um, I mean, there, there do exist a lot of algorithms which people believe to be secure. Okay, that's um, In a post-quantum world, it's just, it's a lot of infrastructure change with, yeah. like, our all of our internet and, yeah, like, banks, just everything is currently based on current, uh, I mean, like, old crypto algorithms. So, like, the algorithms exist. It's just there's 
a lot that has to be done, I think, before yeah. we make the big change. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so that actually wraps up all the questions that I had today. Um, so is there anything else okay. that you'd like to share with the listeners, like any message to the students, cryptography engineers, or astronomers who might be listening? Um, yeah, I mean, I honestly like barely know anything about astronomy. So when I was kind of looking into how they could be, how it could be related to cryptography, I was really blown away and I'm really excited. So I really hope like any astronomers, people that are interested in astronomy listening to this, uh, start trying to explore how it could help cryptography. Cause I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I hope you listeners are a little bit more enlightened. I know I sure am. And I hope to see you back next time. Clear skies. The Sky Simplified podcast is created, hosted, produced, and edited by Pranet Sharma. The music is by Pranet Sharma. Thank you for listening. And as always, clear skies.